Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning is a portion of today's gospel, Mark chapter 13, verses 32 to 37, and I'll remind you of this portion. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. This is the word of our God, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Mr. and Mrs. Jones decided to go on a week's vacation. In their absence, they left their 19-year-old son, Justin, in charge of the place while they were gone. And they gave him a, a number of rules and a number of chores to take care of while they were gone. They said to him, bring in the mail and take out the garbage and mow the lawn and clean up after yourself. And the big one at the end was absolutely no parties. After an enjoyable, a restful time away, they decided to come home one day early. One day early. What they saw when they drove up to their house disturbed them. First of all, they weren't able to get into the driveway because of all the cars that were parked there. The lawn looked like a hay field. There were credit card offers and catalogs pretty much falling out of the mailbox. And they could hear the bass from the stereo in the house before they even opened the doors of their car. When they went inside, they were even more disturbed. They saw the garbage can, which had overflowed onto the floor and looked like it was its own living organism. And the dishes in the sink would have given a champion mountain climber a good task, a good challenge for him. But worst of all, they noticed that there were about two dozen teenagers and 20-somethings engaged in a rowdy, drunken party. And as Justin wheeled in another keg from the garage, he said, Hey, what happened to the music? And then he saw his parents and he realized that he was going to have to face the music. He did not expect this to happen. He did not expect to see them that day. He didn't expect them to come home a day early. He was completely irresponsible and utterly unprepared. And now he was in big trouble, the biggest of his life. Our Lord Jesus, of course, has not gone away on a week's vacation. Our ascended king is actually still at work for us. He's ruling all things for our good at the right hand of his Father in heaven. He's still interceding for us for our salvation, talking to his Father, reminding him what he has done for us. He's still at work for us. And yet, like the Joneses, Jesus is going to come again one day. When that happens, we don't want to be found, spiritually speaking, throwing a kegger. And that's why Jesus tells us this morning that we need to watch. We need to be ready, spiritually prepared for his return. We need to watch both responsibly and expectantly. It was the Tuesday of Holy Week. Our Lord Jesus was teaching his disciples. Specifically, he was teaching them about the last days before his return, the time in which you and I are living right now. And this is what he had to say about the day of his return. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. I wonder how many thousands of hours have been wasted by people trying to figure out exactly when our Lord Jesus is going to return. Scripture, of course, tells us over and over again that we can't know when that's going to be. For a time, even Jesus himself, the Son, did not know when that day would be. You see, when Jesus was on this earth, walking in our shoes, in our flesh, as our substitute, he was in his state of humiliation. 
he had given up the full use of his divine power and his divine knowledge, and so at that time, he didn't even know. He knows now, but we still do not. In fact, we're not going to know it's that day until the notes from that final trumpet finally reach our ears. In order to impress on us the necessity of being watchful and ready for that day, Jesus made a comparison. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Now, it's not hard to understand the comparison that Jesus makes here. He, he himself is the master of the house, uh, and he hasn't gone away on a journey so much as he has ascended into heaven. And his servants in the household, those are the believers, those are you and me and every Christian. And Jesus has given us a list of duties, a checklist of things that he wants us to be engaged in and doing until he comes back. I saw a bumper sticker once that said, Jesus is coming. Look busy. Now, our Lord Jesus wants us to do much more than just look busy. He wants us to be busy. He wants us to be busy carrying out the work of his gospel kingdom. He wants us to be busy living Christian lives. For example, our Lord wants us to get busy using his means of grace. He wants us to wear out these pews in his house. And he wants us to wear out our personal Bibles at home as we use them. He wants us to bring our children to the font and ourselves to the supper as often as we can. He wants us to be faithful managers, good stewards of all the blessings he has entrusted to us, our time, our talent, our treasures, even the temples of our body, and to use all those things for his glory until he returns. He wants us to call on him regularly in that heart-to-heart -heart talk that we call prayer. He wants us to teach our children to love him and to share with everyone we can the hope that we have in him. He wants us to serve faithfully in our vocations. In short, he wants us to be busy living for him. Now, that's a, a somewhat long list, certainly not an exhaustive or complete list. And of course, we Christians can, can just put a check mark next to each and every one of those items, right? Because we've, we've fulfilled all those things. We've done them. Wrong. Far too often we fail. We fail to faithfully carry out the, the task that our Lord has assigned to us. Because you see, like Justin Jones, sometimes we are just a little bit too busy having fun to worry about being responsible. At times we're a little more interested in seeing the latest episode of our favorite TV show than we are in spending time in God's holy word. At times we're a little bit more intrigued by the latest headlines or the latest gossip, more interested in seeing that than we are in seeing the pastor make that sign of the cross as he forgives our sins in the name of Christ himself. Uh, sometimes we're, we're more interested, we're more intrigued by burgers and beers than we are by our own Lord's true body and blood given to us in his holy supper. And we have lots of excuses for our unfaithfulness. We say, well, partying is certainly more fun than praying, and, and I'm too broke to give, and I'm too shy to tell people about Jesus, and I'm too busy to serve in God's church. But finally, on the last day, our Lord Jesus isn't going to have time for any of our excuses. My friends, the sad fact of the matter is that we are sinners and our sins have earned something much worse for us than a slap on the wrist. Our sins have earned for us an eternity of suffering. But of course, we're not going to go to hell because God is just a really, really nice guy and God would never, ever send anybody to hell. 
wrong again. He means what he says. He means when he says the wages of sin is death. But it is true, we don't need to worry about getting what we deserve. And here's why. Because someone has already received it. Somebody has already collected the terrible wages that our sins have earned for us. The one who is coming in glory to judge the living and the dead is the same one who first came in humility to bear our sin, to bear our death and our hell for us. This is the one who lived responsibly. This is the one who lived a perfectly sin-free life in our place, obeying all of his Father's commands. And then he took that perfect life to a place called Golgotha. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even to death on the cross. You see, our God made Jesus responsible for all of our irresponsibility. He made him bear all those sins and Jesus shed his priceless blood on that cross to make the full payment for every last one of them. And when he rose again on the third day, his message to us could not have been clearer. Every sin is forgiven. The gates of heaven are open. Death itself is dead. So we don't need to make excuses on the last day, do we? We don't need to make excuses for our sin, our irresponsibility, our unfaithfulness. Because our Lord Jesus has already borne all that. He's already taken care of it. It is gone. And we are holy in his eyes. My friends, this is what moves us to gladly carry out the tasks that our Lord Jesus has given us until he returns. Not some threat that God's going to get us if we don't, but simply the good news of our Savior's love. That's what moves us to look up to the sky and watch for his coming and to do so with great joy even saying that we can't wait for that day when he returns. So I have to ask, exactly why didn't Jesus tell us when that would be? I mean, Scripture makes a big point of the fact that we're not going to know that. It's going to come like a thief in the night. Why? Well, think about it. Why does a drill sergeant have surprise inspections? Because he wants his platoon to be ready at all times. Why does a science teacher give pop quizzes? Because she wants her students to actually know something and not just cram for a test. You see, our Lord Jesus, he knows human nature very well. He knows that we are the kind of people who would definitely put off till tomorrow what we should be doing today. And so he wisely withholds from us the day and the date and the time of his return. And he does so because he has our best spiritual interests in mind giving us a date to put on our calendars, whether the date of our death or the date when our Lord Jesus comes again uh, would be like singing us a lullaby. Jesus wants us to stay awake. This is what he said. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Have you ever driven alone late at night? The hum of the tires on the surface of the road and the twinkling taillights way ahead of you and the warm air coming out of the vents and pretty soon you're doing this and pretty soon you snap awake with your eyes wide open and your heart just about to beat out of your chest because you actually did just nod off and fall asleep at the wheel. You almost went into the ditch and so now you take some measures. You crank up the radio with some heavy metal or something, you turn off that warm air, uh, perhaps you even roll down the windows and you get a white knuckle grip on that steering wheel 
as you strive to fight off the drowsiness and stay awake. That's what Jesus wants us to do spiritually. He wants us to fight the drowsiness and to strive to stay awake. He says, be on guard, be alert. In essence, Jesus said, you should expect that I will come today. What a beautiful thought that is, huh? That our Lord Jesus could come again today. What a great thought with which to start each and every day. Jesus could come again today. When stress and depression are hounding you, remember your Lord Jesus could come again today to take you to be with him, to take all of those things away. When conflict and broken relationships just seemingly are around every corner, remember Jesus could come again today to take you to be with him and his saints and live in perfect peace and harmony forever. When old age or failing health or chronic pain are, are just getting to be more than you can bear, the Lord Jesus could come again today to relieve your pain forever and ever. Remember that. When the weight of guilt is all but crushing your heart, be at peace because Jesus could come again today. Remember, he already came once for you to get rid of that guilt, to take it all away, and he's coming again to take you to that place where guilt just isn't there, where the battle against your sinful nature just is no longer part of the program. And here's the thing. If he doesn't come today, if by the end of the day we reach it and he just hasn't come, then we still have his promises to sustain us. Surely I am with you always. And behold, I am coming soon. My friends, expect the Lord Jesus, to keep those promises. Justin Jones was not expecting his parents to return so soon, and so he was not prepared, and he paid the price. He probably is still grounded. When it comes to our Lord Jesus coming again, there's something a lot more at stake than just a grounding. Our very souls hang in the balance. But my friends, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of that day. Because Jesus has washed us in his blood and he has made us his own children through holy baptism. We are now pure and holy in the eyes of our God. And so now, with all of our sins forgiven and empowered by his word, we can get to work at those tasks that our Lord Jesus has given us to do. With willing responsibility and joyful anticipation, we can watch for his return, praying fervently in our hearts all the while, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.